Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you were here on Good Friday, you heard our staff minister, Chad, start his sermon with a reminder of the 50th anniversary of a certain event is coming up. Do you remember what that was? Neil Armstrong and who was the other guy, Buzz? Aldrin landed and got to walk on the moon. This July, it'll be 50 years. Chad's not old enough to say he knows where he was when that happened, but I am. I was a little kid, and my parents told me when they put me to bed that night, we'll wake you up when they, at about three in the morning, because that's what it would be in, in Dallas, where I lived, and sure enough, they did, and I, 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 I got to see it uh, happen, as the blurry vision on the old TV, and the, the, the static in the on the waves, as he said those famous words, one small step for man, but one giant leap for mankind. The reason I bring it up today, on Easter, though, it's fresh in some of your minds, but is this. Did you know that there is a, a significant percentage of people that don't believe that we've ever walked on the moon? They think it's all a hoax. That, that surprised me when I heard it a few years ago. So I looked up the statistics since Friday night, because... Chad's sermon is still ringing in my ears. It was a great sermon on Good Friday. Uh, 28% of Britons don't believe that the Americans ever walked on the moon. 20% of Americans don't believe it. 25% of everybody in the world doesn't believe it. They believe it's a hoax. Isn't that incredible? I mean, that's a significant number of people. And they've all got different reasons, it seems. Not millions of different reasons. There's four or five big ones, but they're not important today. How many, how many people do you think believe Jesus really rose from the dead? 50% of Christians uh, that were interviewed by a Gallup poll. 50% that say they follow Christ. He doesn't, didn't really rise from the dead. Only... 15% of the world believes that Jesus really rose from the dead. Now, you can you cannot believe that we walked on the moon and I'll wink at you. <laughs> yeah, you can go ahead and believe that we didn't because I know we did. I saw it on TV. <laughs> Today you'd say I read it on the internet, right? But you don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead then everything we did on Friday night is a sham. We put those red ribbons and then we come in Easter morning and see the white ribbons and believe our sins are forgiven and that we're going to live forever somehow. It's all a sham. It's all fake. The whole Christian faith rises and falls on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So you don't believe in we walked on the moon, I'll wink at you. You, don't, you say you don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I'm sorry, but I'll preach at you. No, I'm not sorry. I'm going to preach to you. One-on-one on one or one-on-200, on Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Don't let it bother you that a lot of people don't believe he rose from the dead. Do you know how many, what percent of his first followers, his friends, believed at first that he rose from the dead? Zero. <laughs> of all his friends, zero believed at first that he had risen from the dead. Because it's normal to not believe someone can come back to life after all their cells are, are exhausted. Because people don't come back, do they? We don't see that. 
We're going to read about those first friends. I want you to watch for how they struggled to believe. And I want you to look for your own faith, your trust in Christ to grow on this Easter morning by learning how God leads us to trust his resurrection for deep and personal and wonderful reasons. Okay? Four Gospels record it, but we have just Luke's in front of us. Luke 24, 1 to 12. It'll be up on the screen if you want to follow along silently. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They took spices and went to the tomb because they did not believe he would be risen, right? They were going to put it on a body. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes with that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He's risen. Remember what he told you while you were still with him in Galilee? The Son of Man will be delivered into the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. This, this, this amazes me. Then they remembered his words. <laughs> when they got it spooked into them by angels. Otherwise, they, they weren't remembering the words at all in their grief. When they came back from the tomb, they told all the things to the eleven. Where's number twelve? In unbelief, Judas has already hanged himself, and to, and to all the others hanging out with the eleven. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. We all have filters, and they filtered out their words about a risen Lord and angels, Peter, however, got up, and he ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. He's not even home yet to believe in the resurrection of Jesus, right? See how his own followers struggled? And if you put harmonize, you put the pieces of the other Gospels together, Mary Magdalene, after she left the tomb with those women, they had come behind her, and then she left the tomb. She saw Jesus, remember? Thought he was a gardener. And then she saw, and he revealed who he was. And she grabbed on, onto his legs, and she, he said, don't cling to me, and go and tell Peter and the rest that I'm risen. And so when she came and told with this group the story, she said what? Not just we saw angels, but she said what? I saw Jesus, right? And their words seemed like nonsense to them, to the disciples. They didn't even believe that he had risen from the dead. Now, in a very weird kind of way, this actually causes us thinking people to see the legitimacy of the testimony that he did rise from the dead. Because if it was actually a, a, a planned, orchestrated lie a, a campaign to propaganda about the Christ you could see how the all their stories would match and they would all expect him to rise and sure enough he did and yes we won and he did rise just like we, he had told us right but instead they are honestly human and honestly struggling and honestly have doubts and they're honestly grief-stricken and then they are honestly turned to believe
in the Lord Jesus. Another interesting thing is, while Jesus revealed himself as risen from the dead, do you remember what it says in the Gospels that he did? One of the things he did in Luke's Gospel later when he appears to them is they, they think he's a ghost. They're still not believing. So what does he say? Do you have any fish? And they had some, and they watched him eat it. Because how would a ghost eat fish? It would just boom, right? They watched him eat it, right? And then Thomas wasn't there, remember? And so a week later, Thomas is doubting, right? And what does he say to Thomas? Put your hand in the wound. Put your hand in the side, right? He lets him handle him and touch him, right? So he does make sure they see he's really alive, but he's not worried about explaining how or dealing with any kind of doubts that are going to be, be mental games and mental arguments. Because it's not a mental game. It's a spiritual soul game. I just need to demonstrate to you that I'm alive so I can teach you the meaning of my life. But even when Mary earlier got it and she clung to his ankles, he said, don't cling to me because I'm not yet ascended to my father because Jesus wants us to cling to him in a much bigger way. And you think there's not a bigger way than the loved one, the Lord Jesus coming back to life and you get to cling to him and have him around in your boat and in your house and eating your fish. Yes, there is. You can hang out with Jesus, but not believe in Jesus. Judas proved that, didn't he? There's a lot bigger way for the whole planet of all time. And what he told Thomas was, he says, those who believe in me because of your message are more blessed than you for seeing me. So Jesus was rather coy. He let himself be seen by 500 once, a couple other people, James, his brother, these guys, these girls, these women, and then poof. He ascends into heaven. And what's left is the testimony. Just like for you, so many of you that weren't around when Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, it's just a story. You get to believe it or not. And it's so incredible and it's so unbelievable, I'm not even feeling the pressure to make you believe it. Because <laughs> the job to make you believe Christ rose from the dead is way too big for a human being. I can't even believe it for myself, not without the Holy Spirit. Jesus had said the night before he died, the Holy Spirit will come and lead you into all truth. He will convince you of your own sin, your own need for a Savior, and that righteousness comes through me. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. Peter had no real grasp of what that meant that Peter was going to stand up at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and was going to preach and 3,000 people would be cut to the heart now that's clinging to Jesus what do we do we're guilty we're sinned against God we are the ones and we owe God and he would say repent and believe the good news and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins it's even for your children that you called the curse down on bring them to the water and get them baptized for the forgiveness of sins and the people he said, you'll receive the Holy Spirit. The people believed. See? Why? Because the Holy Spirit convinced them in their heart of their need and that God had filled that need perfectly through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what the Spirit does. It's too big. I've got to get my phone. I want to read to you a text. It's too big for a human being alone to convince you can go to that next slide if you will. As usual, I'm way off your outline up there. Where did y'all get that anyway? I'm teasing. I gave it to him. 
A colleague in ministry said this, I received this from my seminary classmate this week. This is fresh off the press this morning when all the preachers are exchanging. He is risen indeed, right? One of our pastors, Dave Schneider down in San Antonio said his classmate gave him this. I was doing a beginner's Bible class on God's law and God's gospel and this old duffer in my class was just beside himself because he had been trying to obey God's commandments his entire life. And in this Bible study, after, as in his old age, how do you make it go back down where you can read it? Okay. In his old age, he realized he couldn't keep the law perfectly. Holy Spirit's working on it, right? He was distraught that he would miss out on heaven. Cut to the heart, right? I told him about Jesus and told him about Jesus living perfectly and dying on the cross and saying, I got to tell you how it's written. I was going to not read it that way. He said, I told him about Jesus living for him perfectly and dying on the cross and the it is finished thing. (laughs) Remember how Chad preached that Friday night so well? It is finished thing. That's how preachers talk sometimes. He threw his fist in the air like Tiger Woods winning the Masters. And this is what he said. I've been a Christian my whole life. And never got it until today. The next day, this man tripped, hit his head, and died. He's celebrating Easter today with his Savior for the first time. Holy Spirit, right? You can be sitting in the pew your lifetime. 50% not really believing in the resurrection. Not really understanding the meaning that your sins are completely gone. You're righteous in God's sight. Thinking it's all about religious debate and talk and it's a mind thing. It's not a mind thing. It's a heart thing. We're lost without him and he's risen from the dead. And he didn't spend his time and he won't. Trying to convince you scientifically because he's bigger than science. It's a spiritual and it's a real reality. Christ is risen from the dead. Come awake and live in that joy because that's the third point. It brings inexpressible joy. That Peter that wandered away, remember it says he, W-O-N-D-E-R, wandered while he wandered away, W-A-N-D-E-R, from the tomb. That Peter had the Holy Spirit come on him at Pentecost and it all became organized and perfectly clear in his mind. And then before he died, and he was living through a very dark time with his, God's people, he wrote two letters. And in the first letter, in the first chapter, I'm just going to paraphrase real quickly. This is what he said. You, he says to the reader, because remember, Peter got to see Jesus after he rose, but they didn't. He said, you've never seen him, but you love him. And you are filled with an inexpressible joy over the salvation that he gives you. It's an inheritance for eternal life. Those people that he was writing, I don't, you may not know your Bible this well, this well. The people he was writing were suffering terrible persecution. And you may not, as American Christians right now, be suffering terrible persecution, but you are suffering, right? We we're going to pray now. Someone showed me right before church. We're going to pray. There were bombs today in Sri Lanka. And over 200 people were killed. They were attacking Christian churches. We are in a war. Right? This is the church militant. 
What I'm trying to say is, this is a dark time, though, just because we live with death upon us all the time. I'm old enough now. My parents are gone. Pastor Dan at sunrise said, my first Easter without my grandparents, any of them. I've had several Easter's without any of our parents. I'm not one-upping him. I'm telling you, we all live in a hard time. It's hard, isn't it? Who have you lost this last year, the last three years, the last five years? It's hard to live life with death all around. And in, in Peter's light day, they were, and they weren't in America, they weren't protected, so they got to live so long so that it felt like such an interruption when it came. It was all the time. So when he wrote this, you have not seen him, but you love him, and you have an inexpressible joy. It was a joy that anyone would be waiting for, that kind of joy that brings hope. The gospel means more when you live with death around you, and you're grieving over the loss of others or your own impending death. This Easter is an inexpressible joy. He lives and he has killed death. And we are going to live forever. And that loved one that died in the faith, you are going to see them and be with them again in a better place, in a better life ever than you are reminiscing about as you miss them. It will never be that bad that you think was so wonderful when you had them. It's going to be thousands of times better because this man has risen from the dead. Inexpressible, that's the way Peter said it. You just, as a preacher and as a Christian, you just can't, you're looking for the words. How do you get it out there? It's inexpressible joy in the face of a very dark time. Okay, so maybe you're not, you're not in a really dark time. Maybe you're not feeling so lost. Can I let you in on something? You will. You will. When, when, when you go to try to learn how to survive in a wilderness if you get lost, there's two or three big things they tell you to do. If you know that you're going to be stuck where you are overnight and you are lost, what do they tell you to do if you can at, at all possible do it? We should ask the scouting people. Huh? Shelter and water and build a fire. And there's reasons. Build a fire so that it can be seen. Build a fire so that you can be warm. And here's another one. Build a fire so it will be your friend. Your comfort. There's something comforting about that fire. Well, this good news that Jesus is risen from the dead, that's a sunrise in our lives, this good news is a little fire. Because I told you, you may not be in a dark time now, but what it is, what's the secret? You will. And the hardest time is when you lose a very close friend or loved one in your family. And it's the good news that builds the fire. And in that dark place, the darkness is still there, right? And somewhat on planet Earth, you're always feeling a little lost. But you've got the fire of the gospel. The good news that Christ is risen from the dead. Come awake, come awake. Be comforted. Let the inexpressible joy of yours, it's so unbelievably beautiful that it brings great joy.
Amen.